This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Don't freeze. And never freeze. Step into the spotlight. Don't freeze. And never freeze. That we went on that Thursday night, and I mean, dashikis, right? Berets. Black folks was we was out. We was out. Yeah, <laughs> and we have a huge like Somalian population here, and they was out. And I'm like, damn. And you know what I did? Fell asleep. <laughs> Fell asleep. You know they make these chairs so comfortable now. Yeah, they do recline and everything. Yeah, but I didn't even I, I knew if I hit the recliner it would have been it would have been bad news. Yeah. So I didn't even hit the recliner and I still was out and the, and the poor woman next to me, she knew I was snoring because I woke myself up snoring. Yeah, that's how you know that this movie's gonna kill it at the box office because there's like a, a demographic that you just don't see that much at Marvel movies. And I'm not talking yeah. even just racially. Like beside my son was there was a lady, she must have been like in her seventies. And she had her I assume like her whole family with her on that row. I don't see many seventy year old ladies at Marvel movies when I go opening weekend. You're right. I mean they made the movie to where from a four year old to a seventy year old, it was easy to watch. Well, guess what? What? This is the Ultimate Marvel Podcast. Yeah. Never heard of it. Sure you have. You've been on. You're probably, what? You've probably been on more than anybody other than me and Ronnie. That's true. That is Martin Freddy, Nerdy Legion Podfather. It's me. But we also have with us Duan, who's never been on the podcast before, other than Open Bar. Is it Collecting Valiant? Yes, Collecting Valiant. I've been on VCP one time, one or two times. Yep. Yeah. Sure have. Were you on with me yeah. and Paul? I've only yep. been on once. Mm-hmm. That he... can't be true. Is that true? What? Yeah. Just that one I... time? I think so, yeah. You gotta keep it well, you're too Well, bu- you're too busy just spreading the Marvel gospel, so. <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's hard to do more than one. It's hard. For, I don't know how you, I don't especially don't know how Ronnie does like all 35 of his podcasts. Some of these podcasts are like Sports Center. You know, they have like a hot face, a new person, and they bring them on Sports Center for like a week to test them out to see how the ratings go. And if they fizzle, then they go and do ESPNU. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> That's what happens. You know, you get you get on VCP, they test you out, and they say, he's a asshole. Put him on collecting that's what they did (laughs) (laughs) so uh what kind of movies do you guys like oh is that a joke dad jokes dad jokes Ronnie's not here. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> right. By the way, I didn't even say we're doing a Black Panther review on this episode. Oh yeah. Black and Panther. we're gonna have full-on spoilers. So if you don't, if you haven't watched this, don't listen. Go listen yeah. to VCP. Yeah. <laughs> so quick reaction. First reactions. All right. So uh, I, I tweeted out my first reaction already. Yeah. And uh, but that was I, a loaded tweet. Was that, it loaded? That one could have gone either way. Wait. All right. Here's the thing. I don't like to. Uh, I don't like to spoil people in public. You know what I mean? Like when uh, when I went to see like Justice League, for example, I didn't talk about it for like two weeks. The movie was fine. It wasn't a perfect movie though. Uh, I'm, I'm already seeing. Well, never mind. We can get to that later. But the reviews were 100% across the board, and I just, I, for me, it was not that. But it was good. Yeah, Duan. Did you guys think it was a safe movie? Because I know like 
you know, a lot of black folks went to go see the movie and they were just as the revolutionary Black Panthers or like the royal family from coming to America or whatever. Like, every, you know, they had their, you know, we, we, we joked on our chat about dashikis and kufis. So it was like, it was kind of a, an event, you know, for some people. It was a Disney movie and it was, it was really safe. We talked yeah. about it. it was it was it was a movie made for families or people of all ages, and they borrowed from a lot of different movies. Like a lot of aspects of the movie were borrowed from a lot of successful other films. I thought you could see different tropes in the movie, and, and it, it was very obvious to me. And I'm not a movie guy. It, it was definitely a safe movie, so it was cool. Not to say it was bad, but I thought it was a, it was a cool movie. It's something you could take your family to see, and when you talk about about dollars and cents that that they they mix the yeah. right recipe for, for that movie well, that, that's how all the marvel movies are they're all kid-friendly family-friendly movies mm-hmm. so what's your first impression jack i thought this was a great movie but i couldn't help thinking while i watched it that i may be getting bored of superhero movies <laughs> because we're getting so many these days like every couple months there's a new one mm-hmm. and i yeah, was like you hate, you hate you hated the last one too thor uh ragnarok yeah i didn't hate it i just well i was critical of that one for very different reasons it just wasn't the movie i wanted i, I knew the stories that they were telling and i didn't feel like they did them justice um, but i thought it was a fun movie and it was really entertaining this one i kept thinking man we're getting so many of these and when you strip away some of the nuances, they're all more or less the same thing. Like whether it's Marvel or DC, some have jokes, some are a little more serious, but it's all just like superpower fight scenes and special effects. You know what I mean? Which is which is yep. can be really cool when it's done done well. But it's just like man, I've seen so much of it now that I feel like I'm I feel like I'm at the point where these movies need to start differentiating themselves. And I thought that's what Black Panther would be going into it because I heard so much about the social implications of the movie. And that's the part I think I was looking forward to the most. But despite that, as I kept watching it, I kept thinking, ah, it feels like another Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. See, I wasn't jaded by any of that stuff, though, because, you know, I don't read reviews or watch reviews or listen to reviews beforehand. And I know a lot of people do, and that's fine. But uh, I like to come in fresh and and even not yeah. being jaded by You don't the, watch previews uh, either, right? Or trailers. I don't watch trailers a few months beforehand, though. I'll watch, I'll watch one trailer, and that's it. I, I feel like even, even then, I wasn't jaded by what people were saying. Even through that, I didn't quite get it, maybe. Because, you know, usually, like, if, if, you, if you still listen to reviews, right... And someone's like, oh, best movie ever, best movie ever. And you're like, hell yeah, best movie ever. I love this character, best movie ever. And I go see it. And then you watch it, and it's not the best thing ever. Then you're doubly disappointed, right? Because you had such high expectations. And so I, I avoid all that stuff, so I have zero expectations. And I can make my my, my mind afterwards. But even th- even not having any of that stuff, I just, eh. Hmm. It, was, it, was, it was fun, but there was a lot of boring stuff in the middle. Um, that I just didn't quite enjoy. See, I sort of felt like it could have been the best movie ever if I hadn't been seeing so many of these movies up to this point. Like, if I saw this movie maybe five years ago, I think I might have left thinking, this was the best superhero movie I've ever seen. Yep. But I agree. I agree. But at this point, I was like, I was thinking about things and like the fight scene at the end, I was like, man, at this point, it's just getting a little bit formulaic. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? 
Yep. I mean, I, I wanted to know, like, what I... I did the opposite of you, and I always do this. Like, I watch the trailers, and I even listen to some... I mean, they were even talking about this movie on NPR as I was driving around. But I wanted to know what I was getting into, so I, I even watched uh, Ryan Coogler's... I had never seen Fruitvale Station or Creed, mm. so I watched both of those. Uh, I like Creed. You like Creed? I like Fruitvale Station, I think, better than Creed. So I was expecting, like, Black Panther to be really emotional kind of like those movies were but mm. it, it wasn't or at least not as much and i know well, like, they, they, they try to do some of that they did and i know comic fans are always like i don't want politics mixed with my comics all the stuff i heard that's i went into this movie and i did i wanted that i wanted that like big social impact and instead mm-hmm. it felt like a little social impact in a formulaic marvel movie well, the, the problem is you couldn't do that because then the movie would fail, yep. right? So, like, we, we talked about that when Luke Cage came out. The <laughs> I love Luke Cage because of the social stuff. Yeah. Right? right? But I think I like, a lot of people were put off by it because they don't want that kind of thing in their entertainment. Uh, and I can understand that. But at the same right. time, like, that's that's kind of the identity of the character, right? And I think with Black Panther, it's it's the same. Um, and it should be maybe even more so because of what Wakanda could signify, right? And that, that's kind of what the struggle is in the movie itself. Wakanda wants to be in the back and, you know, behind the scenes trying to, like, fix stuff that's really bad in the world. Whereas uh, Killmonger and, is it, yeah, Wakabi, um, they they feel like Wakanda should be more involved, um, directly involved in, in the struggles of underrepresented people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it was really right. interesting that they said it that way, right? It wasn't like we need to be involved in the struggles of black people. It was the struggles of underrepresented people. Right Now, of course, you could assume that they meant black people because you've got the scene at the beginning in Oakland, right? Like, they're all black. But that wasn't the message, right? It was just more like topple the man and use our technology to help those who can't help themselves. And that's that's where the Disney thing comes in, right? Yeah. Because it, it does dilute the message a little bit, but you kind of have to dilute it for the movie to be successful. Yeah, and that's the that's the other side of this is that even though I felt this way, it's like these movies are making so much money that it's like I'm almost like, well, my opinion doesn't doesn't matter because <laughs> maybe I would have liked to see something more edgy, but maybe that's not what everybody else wants to see. Maybe maybe everybody else just wants to see more, you know, action and CGI and jokes. Mm-hmm. No. You know? no, Jack, 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 you, you, what you want, it does matter. And, and that's how these movies, they, they, they told that gray area because there's a lot of people like different generations that want it. They want to see it edgy because in their generation, they went through Jim Crow. They went through issues like that. And they want movies like this to a, to finally speak out on those topics, right? Because they're not represented all the time. And then you get the, the younger generation, they just want fun movies, like the Disney aspect. Right. So, and, and I think you get that when you, you see people dressing up, black folks, we dress up to go to this movies because it's like, okay, this, may, this movie may address the struggle. Let's just call it the struggle or whatnot. Yeah, and, yeah. and then it was a safe movie. And then they're just like, uh it didn't address that. So it could let you down in that aspect. But Well, I haven't heard still, many people saying what what I just said. So I don't I haven't heard anybody that seemed too let down by it. 
So no, I sort of I feel like I'm an anomaly. No, you're not. You're not. But it, it was a super, super safe movie. It was. It's kind of like the, you know, if you dig too deep in it, 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 it it's almost like the W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington fight, like, or the Martin Luther King, Malcolm X fight. It's like, should we go radical or should we be safe? Yeah. You know, should we go radical safe? And Disney said, we're not even going to play in that box. We're going to play in a bigger box. We're going to just say we're going to make a nice movie, but we're going to borrow, you know, a little attributes from here, here, here and put it in this box and make a safe yeah. Marvel movie. And that's what they did. And I I think they hit a home run with it. Yeah. You know, what? Well, you if, haven't if, even if, seen if, the good part yet. <laughs> the ending no, gets the I, ending is the best part, or the like. I'd say, that, in my opinion, the la- the latter third of the movie. Well, I woke up for that. I did okay. wake up for that. Gotcha. I did wake up for that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the edgier stuff that I think people wanted, um, you know, make that for a Sundance film or a, yeah. what, what do they call those? Right. Film? You know, make that for an indie film. So right. I think they, I think they did the right thing. Yeah, well, I, you know, they, uh, I heard a, an interview with Ryan Coogler, and he was talking about, I guess, the the, the social aspects, what he was trying to accomplish, and um, they were, this again, this was on NPR, they were talking about um, how, like, Hollywood's still very white, and the superhero genre has always been very white. Um, he was talking about, like, sports franchises, like, back in the day, like, they when they didn't want to sign minority players because they thought... They thought that, like, you know, people that pay money for the stuff didn't want to see that at that time until they actually started signing them. And then they realized, okay, we can make a lot more money <laughs> this way. Mm-hmm. And it changed the whole sports industry. Um, but the movie industry is still kind of behind athletics in that way, right? So they were talking about how this could kind of be a turning point now. Mm-hmm. For these type of movies, and I was thinking about it like in, in Wonder Woman was a female driven movie, mm-hmm. and I don't know Martin may disagree with this, but to me, in my opinion, it was the most at least the most successful DCEU movie. Um, it but, was, but I don't think it was the best either. Right. Um, the MCU also, but it was a female driven movie. Sure. Um, and it was very successful. The MCU, it looks like Phase Three is going to be. For the first time, not driven by white males. So maybe there's a shift starting to happen like it has in other other industries. And I think that's fine. I think in terms of if that's the way you want to look at this movie, then I think it is extremely successful. Right. It's it's written and directed by an African-American. Uh, is, aside from Martin Freeman, is anyone in this movie white? I'm pretty sure everybody's black. Right. Uh, uh, Claw. What's the actor that plays Claw? Oh, um, Andy Circus. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what his ethnicity ethnicity is. He's kind of a weird yeah. dude. <laughs> he is, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, aside from those two characters, everybody's black, right? It takes place in Africa for the majority of it, and, and it's got a good message. So, so in that respect, I think it is extremely successful and extremely important because right. you're right, right? Like, I, I just don't want people to conflate the two things right it is important to have a minority-led film like this it's the first time it's happened right it was mm-hmm. like when, when black panther came out in the mo- in in the comics it was a big <laughs> deal wait can i right. cuss on this podcast you can now <laughs> okay good you just you just set a precedent now we're all right 
Uh, sorry, Marvel peoples. <laughs> I, I, I was going to try to Disney it up, but you know. <laughs> um, so in the, in that respect, I think it's it's great. But you know, like that's not what we're what we're talking about here, right? I mean, I guess it's part of it, but but in terms of the movie itself, there's other things going on. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I put it in our in our chat my, well, as soon as I got home from the movie my brother replied he's like now nah, everyone's gonna think you're a racist because you didn't think the movie was perfect and I, I just hate that it always comes down to that kind of thing right of course he was joking but yeah. but, I, but I know that there's gonna be people that listen to this and be like well what the hell's wrong with Martin and, and, and that's not the point I'm trying to make either can, can I say something here guys um, sure. I don't I don't see it like that as you know as an older guy I saw the transition of how black people were portrayed on TV from like good times and the Jeffersons to the Cosby show and saw how impactful that was to, mm-hmm. to a, a young African-American. Right. Yeah. So I, I kind of see this movie the same way, you know, let, let's take Bill Cosby out of it and his personal issues. But at that time it, it showed you that, Black people weren't just growing up in the ghetto or doing this and only one of us were making it, blah, 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 blah. It just, you know, it was really impactful as an African-American. And I think this movie for another generation has that same impact. OK, and, and we need to address that and acknowledge it. And then going back to what you say, Martin, is let's judge it as a movie. Let's just let's just take color out of it and judge it as a movie. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, it, it might not be a perfect movie and you're totally valid with that. And I agree with you on that. I think. Yep. They I think they borrowed from a lot of other different movies. It was very predictable in some sense when you look at the movie in its totality. Mm-hmm. But me as a person well i'm gonna watch it a third time because <laughs> i'm proud well for the fact that i'm lazy not lazy but i fell asleep because <laughs> i'm because i'm busy but i'll see i want to see it again because it means that much to me i saw how the cosby show shaped my life and then how impactful this movie it it was right. and then it's not a controversial movie in the sense of how it relates to African Americans it's not yeah, it's yeah. it's a very safe movie but it's still important so I, and that when I look at it in its totality I think Disney hit a home run with it now, yeah. now if you want to talk about Marvel movies how we can stack them up to each other Martin <laughs> I totally I totally agree with you it's not it's not the best Marvel movie out there well, that's why I was, I was glad you, you were going to come on because I I I see I I hear stuff about like they had the episode on uh, what was the episode about um oh my gosh the the I just my mind went blank but the comic book that from the nineties the the African American milestone right and they mm-hmm. were talking a lot about how African American kids would go into comic book stores and they just didn't it had a hard time relating because they didn't see heroes that look like them mm-hmm. and i go to this movie and i have that in mind but not having actually experienced that i feel like i'm probably going to critique it different than if i if i had you know on one hand i'm a you know i, I see all the mcu movies so i'm critiquing it from that angle and then on the other side of it i i lean left Politically, so I have a, a little bit of an agenda there that I want to see represented, mm-hmm. right? But 
Like all the African Americans in the theater, they were experiencing something different than me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and like you said, Martin, I don't know what it was like when Black Panther came out as a comic book because even what you when you watch that um, the the series on was the AMC when they had yeah, these, yeah. this series yeah about Milestone. And then you talk about the guys that made Milestone when Black Panther came out. They had that same feeling like, oh, my God, we have a black character. Finally, he was and they they talked about how powerful he was. He was like he could compete with, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the the strongest superheroes in the universe. Mm -hmm. And um, it is different. It, It is different because. Not to just rehash this, but in in the media, sometimes you know you you see black people, and we're just we're hip hop artists or we're athletes, and you may see (laughs) a one shot here or there that that make it, you know, like your Oprahs and this this and that, and then you you also see how the media tries to tear them down. And when you when you have a comic book character or a fictional show that you really can't attack because it's fictional. It it does it does bring a sense it, it brings a sense of pride to you because it's like yeah you know all we see and we get in doctrine that we're we're only rappers we're only athletes we're only this or we're only slaves or we're only this or we can only fit in these boxes and then you see people who make it and they're portrayed on TV and that's a sense of pride and you're saying hey and, and I'll tell you personally. It, it changed my life at the sense like with the Cosby shows, like I can go to college. I can do this. If not, I, I don't know what I would have done. So you can't discount it. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. it is a sense of pride. So, Jack, what you're saying is you may not be able to relate to some people who, who watch the movie. Yeah, that, that's a very real factor in there. Now, is it a is it a hundred percent factor? No, because I was in the movie theater Thursday and there was people all across the spectrum there talking yeah, yeah. crap. You know, um, there were women there who felt liberated or felt very proud of, of some of the, the aspects of the movie. So, well, that's the other thing about this is it. I felt like it was it was a strong female movie, not just a strong African American movie, because a lot of the, I mean, geez, I don't, I don't, maybe. I don't know if it's right to say the ma- a majority of the cast, but at least I don't know. Maybe a majority of the cast was female. Yeah, I would say a good chunk of it. And I mean, the you know T'Challa's like royal guard is all female, right? Right. Right. Uh, with Akoya and the rest of them, um, and then his mom and his sister play a really big part of oh, yeah. here. Um, yeah, I mean, the his sister's the most. She's presented as sort of the most intelligent person in the whole nation. Right. Yeah, right. She's right. female. Right. Yeah, now, I would say seem... under under Black Panther himself, the most powerful person seemed to be. I'm going to call her Michonne because that's what I recognize her as. <laughs> yeah, Okoye. <laughs> yeah. Well, she is right, and when uh, when Killmonger takes over the throne towards the end, um, that's why uh, the queen. Uh, what's the sister's name? Oh, Shuri. Shuri. Um, I loved her. What, char- I loved her character, by the way. Yes, yeah, that was likeable. a little bit of co- it was a little bit of comedic relief, right? Yeah. Uh, because the the majority of the movie is very serious. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, except for the scenes where you have Shuri and then the stuff with Claw. Uh, there's a lot of jokes there. Yeah. But yeah, when, 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 they, when, when the queen and her decide to leave the kingdom so they don't get killed by uh, Killmonger, uh, they want to take Okoye with them, right? Because, you know, she says you're the most powerful uh, warrior in the kingdom. But of course she can't because her her duty is to She's the lying. crown. And I think I think that's why that's what makes the movie really interesting too, right? Um, so you've you've got like this this secret kingdom of Wakanda, um, but everybody here in this movie is royalty, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, every single character aside from uh, Ross and Claw is royalty. Well, King King no Killmonger is royalty also, but he didn't grow up that way. He, he didn't grow up that way, but he's still a royal. Yeah, right. And that's why that's why, that's they, why they let, let him, him in. Yeah, that's why they let him in. That's why they let him have the. Uh, that's why they let him challenge T'Challa. You know, that was sort of the ironic part about this is that, um, like, <laughs> it's making a social statement, but at the same time, the heroes in the story are sort of presented as people who had grown up in privilege, with the exception of the villain. Which was, right, which actually right. is kind of a cool twist on things. Well, and I think I think that's when they get to sneak in some of the the social aspects of the movie mm-hmm. is with Killmonger, right? Because yeah. he's got a few lines about it. Um, I think when he goes into the astral plane and talks to his dad, mm-hmm. uh, they do mention some of that stuff. When he first gets to Wakanda, and he's talking to T'Challa. He he mentions some of the stuff about living in privilege, right? Um, and then. I think my favorite line of the movie is right before Killmonger dies, when uh, when him and T'Challa are staring out uh, at the kingdom, and T'Challa's like, "Well, you know, our people can save you. Like, we've got the technology to save you." Uh, he's like, "Why yeah. would you save me? So you can throw me in jail?" He's like, "I'd um, I'd rather." Oh, I, what was it he said? Something. It was some, like a reference to slavery ships, mm-hmm. or like I'd rather jump off the ship and drown, yeah, uh, yep. than live the rest of my life in shackles. And, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good line, and, and, and I thought I thought that was really interesting, also, right? Um, yeah. Because if it wasn't Killmonger's not a nice guy, right? right? But but I think his heart is kind of in the right place, right? Right? It's just a methodology that isn't. Yeah. Um, whereas in Wakanda, it almost feels like the opposite, right? And, and so after the, the showdown with Killmonger is when T'Challa decides that Wakanda needs to open up to the rest of the world and help them, you know, progress. Right. Because you've got a whole continent of people that have been subjected for thousands of years. And here they are hiding in the mountains with all this power, mm-hmm. but nobody mm-hmm. knows it. Right. Everybody just thinks they're <laughs> shepherds living right. in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, you know, his heart's in the right place, but the methodology is wrong because his whole life he's been driven by revenge, right? He saw um, what's his, his dad's name, T'Chaka, right? Yeah. Um, he saw T'Challa's dad kill his brother, who's Killmonger's dad, uh, and and that's why he trained. He says that he trained his entire life to get to this point. Yeah. Just seek revenge, right? He trained his whole life to kill T'Challa, mm-hmm. and he, and he did some pretty messed up things along the way. Right. right, and and those messed up things that he did continued to shape his worldview. Yeah, I mean, he he was in one of the teams that was tasked with taking down governments. Yeah, yeah. this I, is so this is so crazy, guys. Like <laughs> when you think about it, 
you know, throughout history, it's like black civilization could could thrive like like they did there, as long as you didn't interfere with anything <laughs> else in the world, you know. And I and I don't know, it, it you know, was that Stan Lee's thought about it? You know, his social you know, spear that he was throwing out there was when saying, he, when he you know, created the this, character. Yeah. You know, it's just like, Oh, we can have this super sophisticated black civilization. But at the time, you know, Oh, you, you can't be mainstream. You have to be hidden. Right. Yeah. You know, you could be over here and do your thing. And you, and you see that throughout history. And without, I don't know if we need to go in detail here, but you know, you see throughout history, whenever different minority groups start to, to gain steam, they're suppressed. And it's like, you can do what you do until you make us uncomfortable over here. And, right. and that's what you're kind of seeing. And so when you saw at the end of the movie, when they started to say, okay, we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be like a, not a suppressed, but we're not going to be a hidden society anymore. We're going to come out and try to bring peace to the world. That's a big deal. And that's a big deal for Disney to say. And they could have did it in a more impactful way. But it's Disney, right? Yeah. So they're just saying, okay, we'll go out to like a UN type of setting and say, okay, we're, we're going to come out and say we're going to be a player in the world stage at this point. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. You know. And yeah. I think, like you were saying, Jack, um, the more radical people, not radical people, more progressive people would say, you need to push that agenda more. And then other people are like, you know, they said what they said. If yeah. you can read between the lines, it well, is what it is. Well, the movie did push some buttons on the like far extreme stream. Right. So I guess well, it was edgy, so. edgy from that <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But those people don't make sense anyway. So who cares? Right. Um, yeah. what did you guys think about, uh, I know we were going to talk about the like the social implications for a long time, um, but I do want to like talk about the actual movie itself too. Some um, <laughs> it's hard to do when talking about this movie. It seems like every, all the conversations center around around other stuff. Um, but Martin, you brought you brought up Killmonger. What did you guys think about him as a character? And Michael uh, Michael B. Jordan's job. All right, Duan, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? No, no, go ahead because I fell asleep. I fell asleep a lot. <laughs> So, so to me, um, Okoya and Killmonger were the two best characters in the movie. Hmm. Um, but I feel like Killmonger wasn't utilized well enough, um, like they should have. Because really, there's two there's two villains in this movie, right? Um, and and the majority of the movie, the villain is Claw. Um, but because Killmonger's working with Claw is how you get that in to the rest yeah. of the movie. Killmonger right? was just kind of using him through the beginning. Right, 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 right. Um, but I feel like I would have much preferred to see Killmonger take a bigger role throughout the film instead of switching from Claw to Killmonger. Um, because to me, that whole aspect was a lot more interesting. Um, Claw is just kind of, you know, a mercenary slash pirate slash whatever um and that's just kind of boring like mm -hmm. he's got a cool arm and that's it um whereas killmonger had really like interesting background story yeah. um that i would have liked to see a lot more of right because yeah. like what once once he goes to wakanda 
it, you get like his origin story in like three seconds, right? right. You've got like the the flash, the, the uh, his army record on the screen, and you see like video of him killing people, and like all of a sudden, here we go, <laughs> like you're you're going back to the flashback scene at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and that just seemed a little rushed for me. Yeah, see, I felt the same way, except instead of thinking, instead of me wanting to see more of him in this movie, I was upset that they killed him at the end. Because I, I, when I was watching him, I was like, okay, they're they're planting the seeds for a villain that they can use in multiple movies, right? And maybe explore his history down the road or something. But he was in half a movie, and then they killed him off. And he's, in my opinion, he was arguably maybe the best MCU villain up to this point. As far as like, I personally, I like villains where I like when you can sort of relate to a villain. When you're like, okay, I know he's a psychopath, but I sort of understand why he's so ticked off. You know what I mean? Yeah, but all right. So uh, I think a lot of Kingmonger or Killmonger was, to me at least, um, like a progression of what they try to do with uh, Zemo. And what was the awful Avengers movie? The second one, right? Oh, Ultron. Ultron. Um, it, they try to do that whole emotional thing with Zemo and Ultron. And it didn't work because the character wasn't likable um, and the background story was kind of throwaway. Right? And it was more like a retcon background story. Yeah. Right? Because you don't see, like, when the dude, when his family gets killed. Right. And all of a sudden, like, that's his motivation for being the bad guy. Like, that should have been thrown into the movie. Um, whereas you do see that with Killmonger. Right. Um, and in those respects, I think the two characters are very similar. But mm-hmm. I agree. I think Killmonger is the most three-dimensional yeah. of, of any of the villains that we've seen, I think. Um, maybe, like, Bucky is pretty close. He's right? not really because a villain, though. He's not a villain, but, but I think a lot of, a lot of the motivations uh, kind of, of Bucky drove a lot of films in right, that, in succession, yeah. in uh, Winter Soldier, uh, yeah, and so, so that was that's why I like those movies, right? I think yeah. I, I still think Winter Soldier is the best one out of all of them. Um, but but he was interesting, and that's what I'd like to see more of them, mm-hmm. right? Because we saw we saw Black Panther a little bit in uh, Civil War. But mm-hmm. the rest of the characters, like these, are all brand new characters to the MCU. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of characters. Oh yeah, and, and a lot of them are going to be in Infinity War. Sure, and and I think that the fact that the majority of them were fleshed out well enough that they were interesting, mm-hmm. and it is such a large ensemble cast, uh, and the movie only being you know two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, I think that's important too. So, you know, they did a lot with what was allotted, but I would have liked to see less characters and more focus on each of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a problem that a lot of Marvel movies are having as of late. Yeah. Uh, um, I think maybe starting with Civil War is kind of when, uh, no, not Civil War. Well, I guess so, yeah, because Winter Soldier wasn't as bad. Uh, but once they start bringing like more and more characters in, you have less time for each one. And and it's very tough to give all your characters equal light. I get that. Um, 
but like if if your plan is to have this many characters in, you have to be able to uh, fully flesh these characters out. Yeah. Well, let's be real. By, by the time we get to when we get when's uh, when's Infinity War? Like in two months, right? Yeah, in May. All right. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be no fleshing out of any of the Black Panther characters. All right. There's no other okay. movies until then. And there's no other movies until then. It's going to be a, a two-hour fight scene. There's like three hundred thousand characters in, in Infinity War, right? Like, yeah. You're going to have even less time. I have theories about what they're going to do with that, but I don't think I don't think we're going to get any backstory on Wakanda. They're not going to have the bandwidth for it. What you were saying, I think. Is sort of the same thing I'm saying, except maybe from a different angle. Because I just the weak point of the MCU for me up to this point has been the villains. Like I just don't feel like they've had like growing up seeing like Batman and and the Joker. I always had this idea that in the back of my head that some of the best superhero movies were movies where the villain is is good enough to be able to steal the show, right? And, and the MCU has never had that. I. I'll, up until this point, I've always thought that um, Kingpin was the best villain I've seen in the MCU, and he's not even in the movies. Mm-hmm. So for the first time, I felt like, okay, they have a, a villain that's capable of being that guy who can sort of take over the movie. Um, but then they kill him off. So up till now, like the, 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 the best people on the screen have been the heroes, and they've gotten their trilogies. Captain America got his trilogies. Iron Man got his trilogies. Um, you know, Chris Evans, in my opinion, isn't even the best actor, and he got a trilogy. So now I'm like, Killmonger is the type of villain that we can do the same thing with. We can give him that long, extended exposure, but but they're not going to do it. You know they what I'm saying? Have. Yeah, but I'm okay with that because a part of, part of the purpose he served in the movie was to switch the direction of the MCU. Right, because because Wakanda's becoming more involved in world affairs. Yeah. Um, right. So so I get well, yeah. I get what you're saying, um, but I, I think I think he had a pretty good send off. I kind of I was thinking like it'd be nice to have him in Infinity War if they're going to you know going up against the Black Order and Thanos. They need some characters with. They can't have a bunch of people like T'Challa who want to do the right thing. They need some like crazy murderous psychopaths, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> and man, I would I would have much rather uh, Killmonger kept that uh, that tribal mask that he <laughs> yeah. used in the getaway than than the golden Black Panther at the end. Yeah, this movie was uh, that's another thing. One critique I had of it, it was it felt kind of rushed to the point where they threw things in, and you're like, oh, where did that come from? Like, where did he get that uniform from? Like, I thought he was going to have a more uh, sort of deprecated like Black Panther costume mm-hmm. because Shuri wasn't with him, right? right. And she had just shown uh, T'Challa like the baddest costume, right? Her mm-hmm. her newest technology. Um, but then all of a sudden like uh, uh, Killmonger had a getup that was just as, just as cool. And I was like, where'd that come from? Yeah, can we talk about the uniform? Which one? Both of them? The, the second one he gets. The be- new one. Be- be- Hey, Mark, can, can I chime in here? <laughs> yeah, of course. Did, did that seem James Bondy to you guys? Yes. That's all. That's the only point I wanted to make. So yeah, carry wait, on. Wait, wait. All right. So, Explain that. Because she was kind of like, you know, James Bond, he had the guy that was the tech guy that made all the 
the new technology. And I'm like, oh, they're just pulling from James Bond. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like his sister was like the James Bond tech guy. Well, I mean, they're kind of trying to make the point, right? Like this place is really advanced technologically. Um, but, but they borrowed from James Bond. It was like so simple. They could have did it a different way. Yeah. It was just like, we just go like MI6 in a basement. Yes. Um, you know, I, and I, this is your tech. I just thought it was the Wakanda version of Tony Stark, except instead of uh, her wearing her own invention, she's letting her brother do it. Yeah, but you, so, all right, so here's my problem with it, and and I think this follows on Dewan. Not only is that it would seem a little too simple, but that second suit he had was so MacGuffin-y, right? Because, like, he can just get shot at, blown up at, whatever, and then, uh, and this is especially important at the end, right? When when he's fighting um, Wakabi's people, the uh, the border patrol. Uh, okay. He yeah, absorbs right, right, right. with the. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he absorbs the all the energy, and of course, like when when does he release the energy? Just when he's got like thirty dudes on top of him, right? <laughs> like the three times that it happens, he's got like thirty dudes on him. That's because they've been going <laughs> at him. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> But you're telling me like there's not other uses for for this stored energy that he's got? Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. It's the same thing in the car chase scene, which I hated the car chase scene. Oh my gosh, you hated that? That was one of my favorite. I like that better than the final fight scene. No, I didn't like it. Number one, another MacGuffin. Okay. <laughs> they they can they you know, sure he's driving the car from, you know, thousands of miles away. Yeah. Um like when when Morgan Freeman, uh, what's his name Ross? When Ross is driving the the ship at the end, right, to uh, to destroy the the shipment uh, planes that are leaving Wakanda, yeah. like that that was fine, that's fine. But when when they have Shuri driving the getaway car as they're chasing Claw, uh, was just a little meh for me, um, and really it's just a way for. Black Panther to be able to be outside of the car, ready to jump on each thing and make cool explosion things happen uh, on the on the getaway scenes. Uh, because if he was driving the car, that couldn't happen, right? Right. And you have to have the two different chase scenes. Well, they could have put somebody else in the car. Oh, they could have, and they should have. That's what I'm saying. I would have much rather seen that. But that sort of, her doing that sort of prepared... The the scene where um, uh, Martin Freeman was flying the this plane, it sort of sure. set that up. When he was doing that, you were like, "Okay, I understand what he's what's going on here because we've already been introduced to that concept, that technology." Sure. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, hey. they, they they could have done that a different way. It was MacGuffin-y to me, <laughs> and I don't like MacGuffins. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like a McMuffins in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, guys, I'm gonna tell you this, and this may be kind of corny, but uh, who's the guy who was the the, the group of the, that had the rhinos at the end? That's I, the okay. I woke up then. I saw the the rhino guys. I'm telling you, I fell asleep, guys. I'm telling you. So, but. Hey, th- this, is why our, this is why our, our movie reviews are so awesome, because we at least see two-thirds of the movies before we fall asleep. You damn right, <laughs> mother sucker. 
So, um, you know what it made me seem like? It, it made me... It, it reminded me of black fraternities and sororities. And I'm not trying to just keep bringing it back to, to black stuff. Like the, the guy, the, the leader of the, the rhino group, he made me, it, he reminded me of the Omega sci-fi, you know, stereotypically they're like the big football players and da 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 bullies, da 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 And I'm like, like wow like they're they're really grabbing here and then black panther seemed like the guy from my fraternity like stereotypically would be like the intellectual guys the business guys da 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 da. i'm like man they're like pulling from so many things here and i i didn't get it And, and the other point that got me was you know anytime you have like uh someone throughout history that was black and progressive you know the way to combat them the the playbook is is to bring somebody else black to to <laughs> discount them or, who's, you know who's, not, who's conservative you broke up would, would you say somebody who's who's black but conservative yeah 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 you, you get somebody on the opposite side you, right. you know you pay them off and and I and I kind of picked that up here, and I'm like, damn, they're like, they're pulling so much stuff. So my man, you know, as I was sleeping, as I was sleeping, my 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 mind was buzzing here. You know, maybe my brother Ronnie could could decipher it, but like my mind is buzzing here. So I was pulling up on all these things. So it's like this this, this movie is taxing to to me to watch it. It's very taxing because you're dealing with all these issues on one end and then you're dealing with a Marvel movie and you just want to watch it. You just want to have fun. You want to have yeah. a beer and sit in your seat and snore and bother the woman next to you and kind of watch <laughs> two thir- one third of the movie. So <laughs> that's why I want to watch it a third time. So yeah. <laughs> well, if you only watch a third of the movie before you fall asleep, then you got to see it three times to see the whole movie. You damn right. So I'll be going there tomorrow because the wife is out of town. I will be there tomorrow. <laughs> Matinee. Take a, my, uh, drink some coffee before you go. I don't do coffee. I'll have an egg sandwich and uh, bacon. What, you know, Martin loves bacon. What did y'all? What did y'all think about uh, Mbaku, who was uh, the actor um, Winston, Winston Duke. Duke? Yeah. Which I think was Man Ape. In the comics, if you said I mayonnaise, man, man, <laughs> ape. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm in the sorry. comics, <laughs> yeah, he which, was. Which is is a little bit weird because he's sort of a a villain. He's like an enemy to T'Challa, but in this movie, he was sort of his. I mean, well, he was sort of represented yeah. that way, but at the end of the day, he helped him out. Yeah, I mean, he was a he was a bad guy in this one as well. Was he? Uh, yeah. I, never, I never really saw. I always saw him as sort of just a. He was he was still part of Wakanda and, and still, I mean, he, he gave Wakanda a little bit different angle to look at things, right? Like he was a little bit on the outside, but I didn't see him as a full fleshed villain. Well, he he was on the outside, right? Because they explained that when they were uh, at the beginning of the movie, when when they talked about how Wakanda got the vibranium. Right, so the the meteor fell, right? Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, that meteor must have destroyed like all of Africa, dude, because it was a mountain. Right, like how right? can Africa survive that? Yeah. Uh, anyways, regardless of that, 
Um, it was pre, well, wasn't on, it? Wasn't it pre civilization though? Like it was. Because well, they said they said the five tribes came together, so you yeah. would think that civilization got sparked. Well, you know, they had the five tribes, but then when they built Wakanda, the uh, the one tribe left because they didn't want right um, to like use technology. Was that the right? Yeah, that was them. That was Mbaku's people. That's why they mm. went to live in. That's why they went to live in the mountains. So they're still in the mm. outer skirts of the area, but yeah. So so they're still able to do the challenge mm. when a new king comes out, right? That's why Mbaku shows up at the coronation. Yeah. Um, but they're not involved whatsoever in anything that Wakanda does. Right. So well, they kind of came. They kind of came out the caves, right? Yeah, yeah. And you see that at the end, right? right. When the queen and Shuri and everybody go to Mbaku. Um, for help, you see that they live in, in mountains and caves. Hey, and but th- just, those are some pretty nice-looking caves. They were some pretty nice-looking <laughs> caves. Very fancy. But there's no technology, right? Like, yeah. they use they use fires for lighting. Yeah. Um, their weapons are just, you know, whatever, like spears and axes and things like that. Um, and he, he even says that, right? That's why he wants to challenge T'Challa, is to bring their people back to... A time before they were corrupted by technology. Mm-hmm. So he is kind of a bad guy. Yeah. But at the but at the end, it's more important for him to uh, help T'Challa than go against them because he's the lesser of two evils to him, I guess. Yeah, and Killmonger is going to be on his doorstep next. Yeah. If exactly. He exactly. And and he even talked him out when they had the battle. Right? He said you could be a greater help to your people alive than dead mm-hmm. you know when they were on the side of the uh, waterfall right mm-hmm. yep and I remember that because that's when I walked out the movie theater today <laughs> 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 that, that's exactly the point where I walked out <laughs> and, he, and he's like damn it you're right so that's what he gave it because you looked at you looked at the, the women and then his his people his bodyguards they were like clamping in on them so somebody was going to fall off that waterfall if, if somebody didn't say uncle right <laughs> yeah. somebody was going to die that day damn it so I was wondering uh, why he threw him off the waterfall like that because there wasn't a single person in that movie theater that really thought he was dead so I was like why even fake it why fake well, it it's, it's just a movie dude yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just a movie you got to have a progression, right? Like, what's the the, the book, The Hero's Journey? It, it, it's like the archetypal thing, right? Like, the hero has to have an arc where he goes on a journey to learn to become a hero. Yeah. Uh, and that's the whole thing in this movie where T'Challa is already the Black Panther, but he needs to learn what that means, and he needs to learn how to be king. Right? That's why you have those, those two different interactions uh, between T'Challa and uh, T'Chaka, in the astral plane, mm-hmm. right? In the coronation, he gets the advice from his dad on how to be a better king. And then at the end, when, like, he's dying, um, and T'Chaka's like, okay, you like, welcome to the astral plane, hang out with all those dead kings. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that, right? Like, my mission isn't this. My mission is to make the whole world a better place. Right. Um, and that, that's how you get the progression. Right, so that's when he becomes the king. Right, not not at the coronation. 
Yeah, I just thought that maybe they could have like brought him to his knees in a way, made him, you know, without actually having to fake a death that everybody knew wasn't going to happen. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? There's no original stories, dude. You know <laughs> exactly. Just just recycle what works. And that brings me full circle to my full first point <laughs> that I, I've I've seen this before. Yeah, many times. And all these movie, all these MCU movies at this point. I go into it and I'm like, well, that was fun, but I've I've seen it before. Yep. And that's why I'm 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 kind of I think more excited about Infinity War than some of you guys are because if nothing else, at least it's a a new attempt. Like nobody's tried to bring this many characters onto the screen at once. And I don't know. Yeah, that's worrisome to me, dude. I know a lot. I of- agree. Are they going to waste them? Is it going to be they're going to put them on the the screen just to put them on the screen or are they are they going to really use them well so my theory is i don't even think thanos is going to be a big deal in in the first one that we see in may i think it's it's going to be a lot of the black order and i think a lot of these characters they're just it's going to be spotty you're not going to see a lot of you're not going to get any more information about wakanda than we already have right now and you're not going to get you're not going to know anything more about the avengers than we don't already know but you're going to learn a lot about the Black Order. That's so. That's, I, li- that's I, li- my I like your theory. I like your theory. However, what you're saying is, instead of having one additional character, we're going to have six additional characters. So to to me, that makes it even worse because because now you've got to set up a whole team of villains that we've never seen before. Yeah. On top of having how many is it up to now? Like a hundred and something characters. Yeah, but they keep killing off all the good villains, so they got they got to introduce some more. Uh, so, so Jack, like, answer me this: So, like, you're a big Adam Warlock guy. So, imagine if Adam Warlock wasn't a Keystone figure in the you know the upcoming movie, and he just got tossed around. You'd be pissed off, wouldn't well, you? Well, let me say. The, in the comics, he's the the central most character aside from maybe Thanos. It's, Ad, it's, it's Adam Warlock and Thanos story, and as yes, far sir. as I know, up to this point, he's completely written out of it. Um, so I, I was upset about that for a while, but then on the other hand, I'm like, you know, he's a very D-list character that nobody knows about, so I sort of understand. Um, and he is coming in. If he doesn't come sooner than Guardians of the Galaxy 3, we know at least for a fact he'll be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I never once thought he would I'd ever see him in a movie to begin with. Um, I, I give you one suggestion. I, Send your Ultimate Marvel podcast to, to Marvel. And if they don't <laughs> add him into the movies, shame on them. That was a great <laughs> podcast. That was a great damn podcast. Oh, you the last sold, one? You sold Adam Warlock like nobody else could. Mm-hmm. You Thank did. You. Thank you. You need a grabby. You need a grabby for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it took me like two months of editing, so uh, <laughs> glad to hear it. That was a good one. That was really a good one. In order one. for me to get a coherent thought out, I had to edit that the crap out of that thing. <laughs> it was good. It was good. You did a good job. Martin, does he get a Grammy? Of course. He's nominated. Oh, he's nominated. Right. What category is it? Best, so- best solo episode. Oh, yes. 
I don't know exactly what a grabby is. So uh, I, I don't, shame on you. you don't, so I don't you know don't if I should it. like it or not. <laughs> it kind of sounds like I need to know it. who's giving the award before Are I you should accept me? it. You, so you've never heard of the Grab Ass Awards? <laughs> shame on you. We can talk about that later. <laughs> Unless your wife is giving you the Grammy Award, you don't want it. <laughs> you okay. don't want it. <laughs> oh, you want it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay, guys, so, so help me out. So help me out. So let's do a tourist guide. So I'm going back for a third time tomorrow. Yeah. To watch this movie. How should I prep myself? Like, do I need to bring stuff with me get my mind right because i've seen obviously the first 15 minutes and maybe the last 15 minutes it sounds the like the it sounds like you it sounds like you need to bring some no dos with you so i do man. pop a couple adderall cup of coffee yeah. <laughs> i don't drink coffee i need to do something man i you know and i was i was thinking like do i flake out on these guys tonight and just finish watching it because it was getting so good and i'm like no i promised them oh that's commitment right there yeah i need i need a podcast even if i don't know shit like 15 bucks and you still haven't seen it still haven't seen it I see what Martin's talking about, like Michael B. Was his name Michael B. Jordan or whatever? He looked like a hip hop artist from the '90s. He looked terrible. Oh, in his picture, what? Uh, Dwayne Wayne's. What was the character's name? Oh, he, I don't remember the character's name, but yeah, Dude, he yeah. looks like Marlon Wayans from In Living Color. He looked terrible at the beginning. Like he was like, "Tell me about you know." He's in a museum, and he's like, "Tell me about this. Tell me about this." And then he, he goes to the pickaxe or whatnot, and he and he's like, "Well, tell me about this." He's like, "No, that's made of vibranium," which made me think. You know, the wife wants to have a baby, and I'm like, "I need a vibranium condom." It <laughs> oh, <geez>. would <laughs> um, solve all my problems. So, getting back to the movie. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that part. You know, but he did. He did look kind of cheesy, ninety-ish, with the hair and the the outfit. Dude, even say. even even after he becomes king towards the end, he still got that Marlon Wayans hair. That's what I'm saying. It's this movie pulls from so many things. It's like. He was pulling from that In Living Colors era right there, right? Like, I'm from Oakland. I do remember that. Like, I'm from Oakland, California, yeah. In Living Color, 1990s. Well, there's something going on there because the director is from Oakland as well. So okay, he, so? He, he was playing on something from his childhood, I think, in some of those scenes. Not, not, not to say that's why he chose that hairstyle, but... <laughs> But you never know. Maybe there's some old photos of Ryan Coogler with, with the come over. Black folks, black folks gonna be we gonna be we gonna be extra sensitive for stuff like that, right? Really? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know, you can't you can't do anything right in those movies. So you see it, and you're like, ah, that was so in living colors, 1990s. Like, ah. I never thought anything about the haircut till Martin just posted this picture, and now I'm like, ah, man, he's kind of got a point. <laughs> uh, dude, in living color was my jam back in the day. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It was. But then, but then watching this, like, do you let it go? Like, what are they trying to say about it? But then as you watch the movie, you start seeing all kinds. Like, like we talked about the James Bond stuff, the 1990s stuff, East Coast, West Coast. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you know, I kind of picked up on that, you know, like we from the, we're from the hood here in Oakland. You were the the educated family. Da, 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 da. And that goes back to, um, you know, you go back to slavery on that light, light skinned blacks from dark skin, like house Negroes from <laughs> from field Negroes. No, seriously, you know, yeah, that's how yeah. they, they hate. They pitted each other. You know, we, they pit us like you're a house Negro or you, you know, so you pick up on it. It's like, man, it's, it's a hard movie to watch when you look at it from one lens. But if you just look at it from your comic lens or your entertainment, lens, it's a very family friendly, yeah. easy movie to watch. But when you look at, look at it from another lens, you're like, ah, it, yeah. it jacks you up. It jacks mm-hmm. you up. Yeah, that's my that's my drunk uh, dissertation tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the weird thing about it is because you got a you got a, a, a mix of people going to this movie looking at it from diff- completely different angles. Yeah, and you got people walking in that, like you said, they got you know we joke about it with the daishikis and their military. Tambourines and stuff, and, and they're expecting one thing out the movie. <laughs> you're like, no, this is a Disney movie. But I, what I got out of it was, it was an event for people, and that yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. It's like, like people could, there was no, it was like we just gonna go. I'm gonna go with my wife or my girlfriend or my kids, and we're just gonna go. And we're gonna dress up, and we're gonna watch a movie. You know, like that, that's really really cool. And if anything was one out of this, I don't care if the movie was horrible. Was that the way that it was able to impact people to go out and have a good time? They won. Marvel yeah. won. And yeah, that yeah. Aspect. Well, let me ask you guys this because I I. I, I when I talk to like Marvel fanboys, and if I'm if I'm critical of these movies about you know okay we've done a lot of comedy or things are getting formulaic, they always say the same thing. They always point out the box office and how it's killing it, and and they're right to do that. But I still am thinking in the back of my head that doesn't mean that's a a, a free pass that you can just do this forever, and it's never going to. I mean, if, eventually people are going to catch on. And they're gonna they're gonna get tired of the same old thing, right? Isn't that inevitable mm-hmm. that at some point, if we keep pumping out superhero movies every couple months, that this thing is gonna run its course and they're gonna stop making them? Well, did you see it with Thor Ragnarok? Like to me, I thought the comedy, the humor in there was forced and was bad, and I, th- I think it was them saying. We we need to like uh, pick off this uh, this comedic side of the of the Marvel universe and and make these type of different movies because they were just going along the same script all these movies mm-hmm. and 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 I, and I don't even I I still cannot watch the whole Thor Ragnarok even from the first scene hmm. the comedy seems so forced. Hmm. And I'm like, this is not Thor to me. And not going into Thor. But yeah. it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you doing? And they're just, like you said, they're trying to switch the game up because they've been doing it one way so often. 
and they have to freshen it up. So when they got to the what is it, Deadpool? Am I right? Yeah, but Deadpool was was Fox. So, but they they bit they they kind of just bit off of that. Like we need we need to do this, and that's yeah. that's my feeling on what they did with Thor Ragnarok. Like we need to bit off of that because it's different, and people loved it. But See, my, that's not my, my Thor. My thing with Ragnarok, like if it's if a Deadpool movie, I expect it to be exactly like what Fox did. I want it to be a little right. bit edgy, and and it's gonna be it's gonna be silly. Not silly, but like dumb funny, right? And if I see a Spider-Man movie, I expect him to be cracking jokes in sort of like a childish fashion because that's what Spider-Man is. But mm-hmm. but Ragnarok, there it was based off of Ragnarok comics and it was based off of Planet Hulk comic stories. Those were never comedy. And I don't remember right. Thor ever being a jokester. So that's sort of why... It didn't sit well with me because I was like, now you're forcing that style of movie into characters that that don't do that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it started from the very first scene. That's why I fall asleep every time I watch it. <laughs> the very first scene when he's in the chains, he's just like, jokey joke, jokey joke. Right. I'm like, this is this is not. Well, yeah, they, they just they they uh, destroy Asgard, and the first thing they do after the thing blows up. Somebody cracks a joke, and I'm like, "Is that is that what happens when tra- tragedy occurs? Is like we start making jokes?" Yeah, it makes me feel like an old man. Like, I want to go to you guys, see your kids. You know, your kids watch YouTube. Yeah, and I'm like, "Is this is this the future? Like, am I just gonna have to sit in a back seat and this is the future of movies because this is what the kids want? Because this is not what I want. So right. let me just go back and sit and be the old crotchety man in the corner." With my nerdy Legion friends, and we just complain about shit for the rest of our life. This is not what I like. But people, it was there from the first scene. But people loved that movie. Yeah. I feel like the old man, though. Like, I did not like the jokes. I like the movie, but I, didn't, I don't like the jokes. I still haven't seen it. Don't watch it. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I, see, I thought it was a really fun movie. It just wasn't Thor. So if I like had no attachment to the character whatsoever, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, I can see that. Like if I was fourteen and just get and getting introduced <laughs> to the character, yeah, I'm like, this is this is cool. What and maybe I mean, that's what they were going for. What, what I mean is that like it wasn't slow. It wasn't like there were points in it where I was like, man, I'm bored. But uh, <laughs> is there anything else y'all want to? Yeah, I gotta say, Angela Bassett is beautiful in this movie. Yeah, she can have my baby. She is 60. Well, she can't have your baby. She's 60. You know, Jenna Jackson had a baby. She may be able to have it still. That ain't, that just, ain't her baby. Just don't tell my wife. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the, the music video for the, the main song, King's Dead, but the, the music video came out, I think, yesterday. And it is the weirdest thing, dude. It's what got it? Kendrick La- Kendrick Lamar's up on a okay. palm tree eating eating a corn dog while he's singing the song, and I was like, "What the hell?" At least make a music at video. With, yeah, at least make a music video with freaking movie footage. Do you like Kendrick Lamar? Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like corn dogs too. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I really love Queen Kendrick Lamar, not just associating with corn dogs, but I like Kendrick Lamar a lot, and I really like corn dogs. 
the breading is really good. She's she gonna watch this video then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I heard people praising the soundtrack. That's why. Yes, yeah, that's good. That's good. Thanks for. I love going. you. Thanks for wasting a movie ticket purchase. I'd do anything for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'd die for you guys. Uh, Fifteen dollars ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Latest. Thanks. All right. All right. Bye bye. Peace. Never freeze.